At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. As always, we are entering the realm of the bizarre and frightening, so listener discretion is advised. Sit back, light all your jack-o'-lanterns, put a black cat in your lap, brew up a cauldron of something bubbling and special, and come podcast a little spell with us. Thanks, and enjoy the show. To the Cryptid Keeper podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And we are coming back at you, same as last year, for this Halloween special extravaganza with listener stories submitted by you, the listeners. Or at least the ones with stories. A hollow scream podcast. Oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> I do not know how much screaming will be involved. I do not know how much laughter will be involved. I don't really know anything that will be involved because I'm coming at you drastically underprepared. It's, you know what? It's okay. And and if you hadn't parted the curtain like that, they never would have known, really. I don't think they, they would have never had to know. I think it's important to be authentic and honest. <laughs> That's fair. I tried really hard to come up with like a Halloween name for myself in the few seconds that I had while you were doing mm-hmm. the intro. And I, I, have, I had nothing. Oh, no. I guess the best I have is to trade my last name out for, like, a spookier bird. So I guess, like, a raven. That's not anything. No, it's not. Um, I don't think I have a, a Halloween Sona either. Alex Flanagost? I mean, I guess. That's, like, it's really reachy. One. It's really <laughs> reachy. I'm, I should have stretched before I reached that hard for that Yeah, you really so should have. Usually in the fall, I just change my Twitter name to Alex Flannel Shirt, because that's, like, a very fun, low-effort pun. Just autumnal, yeah. I'm trying really hard. I don't have anything. My name's not good for this. Yeah, I guess you just have a bad name. Sorry. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. It's the price you pay for being naturally born with and gifted with um, an incredible stage name, so... That's fair, but I am going to call my parents and tell them what you said. I'll just go over for tea and tell them myself. <laughs> Rick, Gina, Stop. I have some bad news. Stop flexing that you can see my parents <laughs> more than I can. Anyway. I, I, I have not seen them more than you have. I've not been over to see them, and I'm very sorry. It's, it's, why are you apologizing to Peacocks, me? if you're listening, I apologize. They are <laughs> Please tell your parents I'm they sorry. They don't understand how to download podcasts. I understand. And this is what I assume, but I just thought I would say it. Anyway, um, I'm, I've been meaning to. I've been meaning to go out and hang out with your parents. Just, you should. It just hasn't happened. Just a quick heads up, uh, so, um, quick apology if I sound a little off in my audio today, everybody listening, if my voice sounds a little stuffy, uh, because in true Halloween spirit, my head is full of slime. Um, oh, which is that's a, like cool and fun. A polite way of saying I have a head cold. That's a polite way of saying you have a head cold? <laughs> a seasonal I way. I think of the saying. polite way to say you have a head cold is just to say, 
I have a head cold, which is way better than making me think about the impacted mucus in the cracks of your skull. <laughs> I'm full of slime. Anyway, <laughs> of ectoplasm. Um, cool. okay. Let's maybe do anything less horrifying than this, which would be reading some of the terrifying and true accounts that our listeners have submitted for us. Um, I am going to go ahead and kick us off with a story from listener. Let me see if we're allowed to use the name. Alice. I was going to say, they signed it, so I think we are. They signed it, so I think we're fine. Yeah. So this is from Alice. Alice, thank you so much. Um, Alice has some very nice things to say about us and then congratulated us on our first live show, which, um, thank you so much. It was a great time, and it shows how often I get to responding to these emails. I apologize. I am a busy person with a full-time job and many other creative endeavors. Um, But thank you, Alice. Uh, Alice says if we ever do a UK tour, uh, they will be the first in line for the tickets. And I choose to accept that as a challenge to all of our other listeners. So now we have to do a UK tour and now you have to fight Alice for dominance. Make it happen. Give me a, give me a a year to finish grad school and then. And give us way more money on our Patreon because international tickets are expensive (laughs) and we have employees that we pay. Yes. It's, it's a fact, Jack. Now, uh, tell us about this listener story. All right. Alice says. When I was a child, I saw the Tooth Fairy. I can't remember exactly how old I was, but given the bedroom I was in, I can't have been older than seven. I was a very imaginative child, even claiming an encounter with Santa Claus, even I'm not entirely sure whether I made up or not. Though I claimed he wore green with large black boots, so maybe it did happen? But this encounter was definitely real. So like most children, I've been told about the Tooth Fairy and was the appropriate age to lose teeth. So was curled up in bed, full of excitement for uh, the 50 pence I could expect under my pillow the next morning in trade for my lost tooth. I was too thrilled at the idea of a real-life fairy encounter to sleep, which is how I'm sure that I didn't dream this incident. I had glow-in-the-dark star stickers on my bedroom door. Oh my god, same, Alice! It was the 90s. I had them on my ceiling, too, so I could like, I had look them on my ceiling. Like, at the stars. Yeah, and I had one of those crackle ceilings, so sometimes they would just, like, fall down. <laughs> you, you know what I'm doing? You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Anyway, and as I lay facing them, I started to see shapes flitting around in front of them, like silhouettes of tiny humanoid shapes. They were maybe two inches high, but rather than the traditional depiction of butterfly wings, these fairies had wings like little puffs of dandelion fluff on their backs. Oh, isn't that so whimsical? Oh, I love that sweet. a lot. Oh, it's so sweet. They flitted back and forth in front of the stars, and I watched their silhouettes with silent delight until I fell asleep. I know by now that it was my parents swapping my teeth for money, which explains the wildly different rates of pay my classmates and I experienced, but I remained convinced that what I saw that night were fairies. Maybe tooth fairies, or maybe just little sprites wanting to check in on a small child before she fell asleep. Either way, it's a very fond memory of my childhood. So there we are, my encounter with fairies. Alas, despite living in Wales, that is my only cryptid encounter, but I still live in hope of someday meeting a real-life dragon. You and me both, Alice. That is the dream. Mm-hmm. Also, Wales is definitely the correct part of the world to me that would imply that, that that's the right place to see oh, fairies. Oh, it's 100% fairies. Um, Alice also says, I have a couple of ghost encounters I could tell you about if you're interested. We are interested. Yes, please. <laughs> One happened to me, and the others are some great stories from my wife's family. Her parents ran a pub once. They had a big ghost problem there. 
Now, um, I am curious to know if that is a problem with a big ghost or just like a sizable problem with ghosts of varying degrees, maybe an average sized ghost. I want to bang my fists on the table, but I can't because that'll disrupt the audio quality. So I'm going to bang them gently on my knees as I chant, haunted pub, haunted pub, haunted pub. Are you not on that recording arm grind yet? I have completely eliminated all bumping noise because now I have a microphone arm. All right. Well, you can flex, I guess. Flex on me all you would like. I, I will flex, and so will my microphone arm. Okay. <laughs> I am not sure what order you want to go in, but I'm just going to pull one that I wanted to read. Yeah, get to it. Um, and this one is uh, sent in, um, just double checking to see if we're allowed to use the name. Looks like yes. So this comes to us from Sarah. Uh, and this... Is titled, the, the email is titled, A Nice Haunted Cat. Oh, good. Hi, Cryptid Keepers. Here's a very nice haunted pet story for you. It gets sad, but I promise it gets better. With animal hauntings, there is, of course, the implication of an animal death first. So, like, I, I kind of had the feeling going in, but it's still a sweet. Okay. I grew up with a great tabby cat named Josie, short for Josephina. She was a great cat that helped me with my various mental health issues. I'm taking care of myself, don't worry. See, my cat was the kind that liked to be around people, but not really touched by people. She was perfectly happy to sit on the couch next to you, but certainly not on your lap. But whenever my mental health was giving me a bad time, she would come over and paw at me, headbutt me, and otherwise try to get my attention while purring. Aww. This was always one of the few times she would let anyone pet her. It always helped me a lot, interrupting my cycling thoughts. One time I had my head down on the table laying on my arms, and she literally scooted my head out of the way and placed herself in my arms instead. Aww. Truly a perfect cat. Well, as cats do, she got old a lot faster than I did, and eventually we had to say goodbye. I was distraught, of course. How could I be okay without my little protector? I needn't have worried. About a week after she passed away, I was having a panic attack in my car, safely parked in a parking lot. When I felt... Okay, ooh, I shouldn't have read this one out loud. I should have had you do it. When I felt a warm, comforting, cat-sized presence sitting in the passenger seat next to me, I knew it was my cat here to help me still. I began to calm down and the presence faded away. This continued happening. Whenever I was having an issue, she would appear. There was never more than a feeling of shape, warmth, and presence. And for all I know, I could have been making it up. But one thing is for sure, whether in memory or in reality, she was still protecting me. Oof. Now the story should end here, but there is one more thing. Half a year later, I met a kitten at a shelter that we would soon adopt. I asked Josie if she was okay with the new cat before we adopted her, but I got no answer. I took that as an okay since I figured she'd let me know if she wasn't happy, as cats do. <laughs> Josie stuck around for about a week after we adopted the new cat, as if to make sure the new cat would help me the same way she used to. Once she was satisfied I was going to be taken care of, I never felt her again. I know ghosts usually stick around because they have unfinished business, and I can't help but feel that she wouldn't be at rest until she knew I would be protected again. Aww. Oh, I'm crying. Ooh. Sarah. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I won't talk too much about, like, sad cat things, but, like, that really got me in my feelings for a lot of reasons, but that is yeah. very similar to what uh, my cat Pumpkin used to do that, too. She used to, like, come get on me when I was upset mm -hmm. uh, and come, like, and come, like, hit me with her face Aww. when she was upset I or when I was upset. love animals. Me, too. <laughs> love pets. Love them. Love them to death. We've talked about this a lot before. This surprises no one. Yes. But I have such soft and special feelings about, like, mental health and the animals. It's like... Uh-huh. 
it's such a beautiful thing. And it's so interesting because there are so many different kinds of ways that like a pet can, can be there for you. And I know I've talked about this some before, but it's just, it's always interesting to me when I was growing up, um, when I was in like third or fourth grade, uh, I got a golden retriever puppy for Christmas one year, yeah. um, which is a wonderful gift, a golden retriever puppy. But it was because my parents at that point realized that I had like really bad undiagnosed depression. So um, even though th those weren't the words that we used, and even though I don't think anybody would have like said that out loud, they were basically like, you know, my best friend had recently moved away. And I was struggling with a lot of things, but that was a big one. I was like a really, really introverted child, which is shocking to everyone now. But I did not like really have a lot to like externalize my problems with. I pretty much just retreated entirely into myself and into books. And I didn't like really talk to a lot of people. So they got me a puppy. And that dog like ended up being my best friend in the entire world. Like that golden retriever and I did everything together. And he was an amazing dog. He was phenomenal. But he was so like soft and sweet and quiet. And I mean, he had a lot of personality, but it was really funny because he was the kind of dog that like when I was sad, knew I was sad and would just come and curl up with me or like let me, you know, lay on him and like snuggle him and just like um, be like a quiet comfort to me when I needed it. And um, you know, when it got to a point where he had really bad health problems and I had to put him down my freshman year of college. And that was like one of the hardest things I've ever done. But I I'm always so thought sorry. like, oh, it's okay. Um, but I I'd always thought, you know, like I'm never going to find another dog like that. And as much as I loved dogs and really wanted one, it was several years before I felt like I was in a position where I could even like think about that realistically. And I just remember like when I brought Bear home and you know, first of all, seeing his picture like on Facebook that a foster, uh, like a foster parent friend of mine had shared and just been like, oh, you know, this dog is great. And just like seeing the picture of him being like, oh, that's my dog. I'm going to go oh. get my dog. Um, oh. <laughs> and it was so funny because Bear is like the complete opposite of that in so many ways. Bear has a lot of needs. Um, and Bear is himself a dog who needs like a lot of mental health assistance, which is an interesting thing. But it's funny because he has like saved my life in a totally different way. Um, because the things that I needed now are just very different things. So like Bear is not a quiet dog. <laughs> Bear is not a dog who will like curl up with me, you know, and just like be sad and content to hang around. Bear is a dog who like demands that I get up out of bed and take care of him. And that has been an absolute godsend. Like, I just think it's so interesting that there are so many different ways that like our relationships with animals and with people can be such like a powerful force for good. Um, so Sarah, I hope that your new cat has been every bit as wonderful and, and protective of you and has taken care of you in, in just as many wonderful ways. Um, it sounds like you're in really good hands. Oh, it's real sweet. And uh, I, I know we have many more. This is like way more like emotional than spooky scary. And, and I'll, I'll pivot mm -hmm. away in a second, but I still wanted to say really quick, um, just like even cats that aren't like my cats have had very, I, I have very special, I love all animals. Like I'm an animal mm -hmm. person, but I have a very I have a soft spot in my heart for, in my heart for kitties. I love kitties. Uh, and like recently I was uh, at a friend of mine's house and I was, I'm not going to go into why, but I was crying a lot on the floor and 
when you say it in a funny voice, it's not as sad. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like laying on my back, like slowing my breathing down. And they sure. had this big fat gray cat named Bruce. And Bruce came and he laid on my stomach with his face in my face. Oh, baby. Um, and he loves to lay tum to tum. Like he loves to oh. lay on you with just his tum all splayed out on your tum and like his face in your face. And it's just, it was just very soothing and very sweet. That's very um, good. That's how Bruce likes to be. It's a weighted blanket that also vibrates. Like there Literally, is nothing better than that. Exactly what that felt like because he was also purring and it was it was so healing. It was gift. so soothing. Anyway, what's next? Anyway, do we want to do we want um a, like a sweet one or a spooky one? I want a spooky one because I just cried. Okay, well this one says long and terrifying, so I'm gonna jump oh. right into that. Oh, perfect. <laughs> So this is coming to us from, let me see if I'm allowed to use a name, Annabelle. Hi, Annabelle. Annabelle says, hi, keepers and bear. Aw, thanks. I'll tell him. Tell him that someone say hi. I will. I can't say his name too loud right now or he will scratch at my door. Oh, no. <laughs> but I will tell him. <laughs> anyway, hi, keepers and bear. A while back, you had requested boogeyman stories, and since it's October and I'm... I will read the sentence as it stands. Since it's October and I'm a slut for spoopy shit. <laughs> Me too. Uh, sorry about the language, family listeners. I figured now was the time to share with you the most traumatic thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks, Annabelle. Oh, no. <laughs> Annabelle says, growing up every year, my family would fly up to, oh, pronunciation key provided, Chappaqua. New York, to my grandparents' house for Christmas, summer, and usually Thanksgiving, too. This house was haunted, but nothing major, just the sounds of footsteps and the occasional spoopy feelings. I love the way people talk about haunted houses they grew up around. Just a little haunted. I don't remember exactly when this happened, but I think I was around nine. My sister, Park Ranger Merrily, love it. Hi, Merrily, how are you doing? And I shared a bed in a room that had an old fireplace and rocking chair in the corner under a sloped part of the ceiling. One night I woke up and there was something sitting in the chair. I sat up in the bed terrified. I could see my breath. No, no, no. My sister laid asleep in the bed next to me, undisturbed. It was dark, so it took my eyes a while to adjust. And when I could finally make out what is in the corner, I wished that my eyes hadn't adjusted at all. Oh my God, I just read ahead. Body horror warning. Sitting Uh in the chair, rocking gently, was a little girl. She was rotting. Her hair was red and scraggly. Her skin was green and had chunks missing. She wore an old white dress and held a teddy bear. I tried to shake my sister awake, but she wouldn't wake up. I was crying. It spoke to me. She spoke spoke with a lilting Irish accent. What did it say, Alice? She told me she was the Melly Melly Bay. She laughed at how scared I was. She told me she once was a girl, but then she drowned, and now she was an evil spirit that lives in the dark. Oh my god! I can't remember everything she told me, but she told me that it was my turn to be the Melly Bay, and that once she touched me, I would begin to rot. Suddenly, I couldn't move. She got up from the chair and came towards me. She came very close to me and reached out to touch me, and I finally snapped out of it. I threw back the covers and ran into my dad's room, which was right next to us. Once my feet hit the ground, the Melly Melly Bay disappeared. I told my dad what had happened, and he told me that it sounded like a really bad dream and that I could stay there for the rest of the night. Now, if this is where the story ended, I would think that's all it was. Um, but it's not. 
I had begged and begged my dad to keep the lights on because the Mali Mali Bay told me it lived in the dark. He said that he would, and I tried not to go to sleep because I was afraid of what was going to happen. But it was like midnight and I was in grade school, so eventually I fell asleep. I woke up in my dad's room and it was pitch black and I could see her outline right in front of me. I screamed and turned on the lamp on the end table next to me and she was gone. My dad had waited for me to fall asleep and then turned the light off and it had only been about 10 minutes until I woke up. I cried and yelled at my dad for turning off the lights when he had promised not to. I made him promise me again and I tried really hard to stay awake, but it was like 2 a.m. and I fell asleep. Again, I woke up to a pitch black room and the outline of the Mali Mali Bay directly in front of me. Again, I turned on the light and cried and yelled at my dad. Again, it had been about 10 minutes since he had turned off the light and he hadn't even had time to fall asleep. This time I was able to stay awake until the sun started to come up. I refused to talk about what had happened after that day for a long time. My dad tried to bring it up later that trip and I started screaming because, quote unquote, if you talk about the Mali Mali Bay, she'll come back. The fact that I forced myself to wake up when the lights were off and the Meli Meli Bay was near are how I know that what happened was real. That, and despite the fact that I literally ran from the room crying and screaming and Merrily didn't wake up. <laughs> Way to drag Merrily. Way to trick me into dragging Merrily on our podcast. Anyway, um, this is horrifying. The last sentence is, I hope that writing about her doesn't bring her back. Ah, um, sorry. Annabelle, are you Okay. Annabelle, I need you to email us immediately. Yeah, please, please let hey, us know. Hey, Annabelle? That. Hey, Annabelle? Are you alright? Please tell us you're alive. Um, DM me. I just need to know you're okay. I'm sorry, I'm just Googling drowned child evil spirit. Oh, that's <laughs> a really cool and fun and great idea. I, I hope Googling about her doesn't bring her back. If you Google her name, nothing really comes up. That might just be this one specific name. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna look at this anymore because I'm gonna freak myself out, and I don't want to go back to what I used to do in high school when I read too many creepypastas and I had to sleep with my bathroom light on and the door cracked at exactly a 45-degree angle. Hi, I have OCD. Um, <laughs> that's the anti-ghost angle. <laughs> Again, <laughs> it's not called rational compulsive disorder. <laughs> um, Can you imagine? Yeah, uh, I, I cannot. I am very, very... That, very scary. Did not like, did not like that. Scary. Very scary. Did not like it. Um, were those sentences? One more time. Tell me whether or not it was scary and whether or not you liked it. <laughs> Listen, um, I'm also like, I am a big sucker. Like, like I, I am so easily frightened as, as much horror content as I consume all the time. And as many horror tropes, like as no, like that no longer frighten me. Like there are certain horror tropes that I now like people can, attri- like people can attest to this. Who've watched like the conjuring with mm-hmm. me. Like when, when spooky ghosty things happen in movies, sometimes I start to like giggle. Cause I'm like excited. Cause I know something sure. like fun is going to happen in the movie. And I'm like, ha spooky. Uh, things that if you talk about them, they will show up still scare me so bad. Mm-hmm. They scare me so bad. I used to get so anxious specifically, and this is so funny now that it's been memed to death, but I used to get so scared of Slender Man because I would read those stories where it would be like, if you read about it, he'll know you're thinking about him and he'll show up. Uh, and anyway, um, I kind of wish you hadn't read that to me. Sorry. Why don't you next read us this one by Bright Camara? I think you'll enjoy that, at least the subject line. <laughs> Where is it? Um, other. Oh my god. <laughs> um, 
Okay. <laughs> Will you please just read the subject line for our good it's, listeners? Okay, fine. It's Jeff the Chaotic Furry. <laughs> Hello, I hope you're doing well. I thought of something interesting when researching kobolds the other night for a personal project and had to tell someone about it. My friends aren't into cryptids and folklore that much, so I thought, hey, why don't I tell my favorite cryptid podcast instead? It's probably not as momentous as I thought at 1am, but I'll share anyway. This one's a little bit more listener mailbag than, like, I think an actual sighting sighting. It is, but I still like the energy, and I think it's Oh no, I like it very much. So Jeff the Talking Mongoose is my favorite eldritch being, Cthulhu Cthulhu. (laughs) I'm obsessed with him. He's perfect from his weirdly human hands to his fuzzy little feet. I love him too. (laughs) I discovered him from your podcast, I'm eternally grateful, and was content to accept him as this funny little anomaly for the rest of my days. But as I read more and more about kobolds... I found an unexpected number of similarities. As you may know, kobolds are a kind of fae-adjacent spirit whose lore encompassed integral parts of people's lives for centuries, namely the home, the mine, and ships. I've singled kobolds out specifically because they seem to possess traits different to other house spirits. As well as a smaller humanoid form, they often prefer to take the form of animals, among others, or to be invisible vanish. Mining kobolds are said to be able to move, live, and breathe in stone like humans can in air, with sailing kobolds having a similar ability with the wood of a ship. I love that. Perhaps it would allow a clever one to live inside your walls? Mm. Kobolds have also been recorded to help with chores, sometimes expecting a payment of food in return. This is me editorializing like sausages. Uh, They have also (laughs) been known to knock and keep people from falling asleep for their own amusement and to enjoy pranks in general. Some take favorites, but some have been known to tear humans apart over perceived slights. I very much believe Jeff could be evil as he claimed and relieved he's chaotic neutral. Come to think of it, I can't remember him specifically lying either. If he is a kobold, what he is technically changes as he changes form. If he's an invisible spirit that can interact physically with his surroundings, technically he's a poltergeist, even if he's not a ghost. If he's in his mongoose form, he is a very clever little mongoose. As a humanoid, (laughs) he does have hands and feet. Whatever the case, he is a wonder. I'm not sure if he has a true form and what perceiving it would do to a person, but with all of the strangely unearthly abilities kobolds have, they do kind of sound like Lovecraftian horrors that make house calls. I'm not saying that Jeff is real and that he is a kobold, though I'm not not saying it, as my only qualification for this field is a lifelong passion. If you think that we're qualified, you got a big storm coming. Uh, I just wondered if you had heard about this kind of connection before. I mean, outside of house spirit lore, Jeff seems bizarre, not the ghost or demon that one might expect from a haunting. I wonder if there are other hauntings out there that have been classified as the work of ghosts and such that might actually have been Faye still making their mark on this world. I don't know, but in any case, I hope you find this as interesting as I do and have a day that makes you smile like your podcast makes me smile. Stay safe out there. Right. Amazing. I love that. Oh, that's a nice energy change. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it was very good. I needed that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I had not really read much about kobolds. Even when I was researching Jeff, they didn't really come up much in the sources that I was checking out, which might just mean that my sources were a little bit limited, but I really like that connection because as I think I've mentioned, I mentioned on the episode, Jeff isn't really a traditional ghost and he's not really a traditional demon. And he's he's certainly not a traditional mongoose. He certainly is not. Although I have to say that let me just double check that I'm not mixing up mongoose monkeys with other animals. Um, I'm just Googling mongoose hands. Okay, yeah, they have kind of human hands. I was going to say, mongoose, mongooses already kind of have, like, little dexterous little hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he might have just meant his mongoose hands were, like, He might just have his... meant his extra, extra clever little hands. <laughs> mongoose, mongoose, mongooses are really cute, actually, in case anyone was wondering. 
In case anyone was wondering at all, you can just look up pictures of extra special mongoose, or you can look at pictures of Val from our live show. Although, don't forget that mongoose, mongoose is uh, mongoose. Mongoose? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm tired and I'm sick. I'm sick and tired, and not just of your garbage. I don't know what's happening. I'm anyway. I'm full of I'm full of cold medicine, but uh. What was I? Oh, don't forget that they fight cobras was all I was going to say. <laughs> so even the regular ones that aren't like God-moded are, are vicious. Uh, God-mode mongoose is my new punk band. Oh, perfect. What do you got next? I hope it's not the one I was looking at. I don't know. Is your story from Sam Firefly? No, it's not. Well, that's the one I'm going to read you. It's a really good name. So thanks, Sam. Uh, Sam lives in the southwestern U.S., and they've been binge listening to the podcast for the last month or so, as of August. I hope you're still listening. So that would be as of July. It's now October. I hope you've stuck around this long. And I hope you, because if so, here's a fun little surprise. It's your story on the show. (laughs) Anyway, they say, I'm not sure if this really counts as a cryptid encounter, but I figured it wouldn't hurt to write about it anyway, as it is bizarre and funny in its own right. This story takes place in late May of this year. I was waiting at the bus stop after closing up at work. As I'm browsing Tumblr on my phone, a guy walks in front of me. Instinctively, I look up at him and notice he's moving strangely. The best way to describe it was like watching a Skyrim character move. Human enough, but still somewhat mechanical. His head turned toward me first, then his body. His face held a completely unreadable expression. With his arms bent slightly and held away from his body, he says to me, did you know you can buy a bus pass that lasts all day? And then walked away from the bus stop without leaving any time for me to respond. I got on the bus a few minutes later, but couldn't stop thinking about what on earth just happened. (laughs) It's probably important to note that I'm a very empathetic person, and I can read emotions and facial expressions very well. But as I kept reflecting and processing the interaction, I realized I'd probably have a better chance accurately interpreting the emotions of a fire hydrant. Thinking back on it both sends chills down my spine and makes me laugh at the thought that I might have run into an escaped NPC. <laughs> I haven't seen anything like that since, but I still keep an eye out every time I'm around that bus stop. Um, what that reminds me of actually is a couple things, actually. First of all, it's probably likely that this was just kind of a, just kind of like a strange, friendly man. But also yeah. it does remind me of the, uh, do you remember on Parks and Recreation when Ben Wyatt is running the campaign? for that yes. politician and and he like repeats the like and when he sits down he just sits and stares blankly at an empty wall and then when they talk to him he just like he's just like he's just like okie dokie it's a hot one out there and that's <laughs> that's anyway there was also not the same at all but it just reminded me did you ever see this you might not have but other people might know what i'm talking about there was this creepy pasta that floated around a long time ago about like people that moved like they were in old-timey film. I've heard something like that before, but I don't know if it was the same creepypasta. That's kind of a universally terrifying thing. Yeah, um, because because people can't move like that. Right, yeah. So that, I don't know if that's what I don't think that's what this person meant, but it does it does uh, it does remind me of that. I don't that know. Kind of... I think if this happened to me, um it would break my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I know that it's like very funny to talk about. Um and I'm sure that it was just somebody like being weird or like doing performance art or or even probably, just kind of being friendly <laughs> or just being friendly or just like intentionally being an npc like i can see that yes. like somebody just being like i'm going to go to this public spot and act like an npc but if that for real happened to me i do think that i would dissociate <laughs> oh no <laughs> 
I'm so sorry. Yeah, that does <laughs> no, feel a little okay. like an old school entry from Glitch in the Simulation on uh, Yeah. It's very like, like if that happened to me, and again, this probably would not happen to everybody. So if you if you have done this before, if you have like pulled this specific kind of NPC prank, don't like feel terrible that you may have like caused someone to have a neurotic breakdown. But you probably would cause me to have one specifically. Um, oh, and that's no. just and that's just because I fundamentally don't trust my brain. And at any moment, I kind of am ready for the matrix to just dissolve around me. I respect that. Um, it's like a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. But like, I'm just thinking about this, and I'm like cackling wildly to myself. But Literally, I do think that if someone did this in front of me, I would kind of freak. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Also, how long ago? Did they say how long ago this, this happened? Uh, it was in May of this year. Okay, so, okay, cool. So my theory holds up 100%. This was for sure a prank channel. Oh, uh, mm. Do you think it was Troom Troom? Do you think Troom Troom is a cryptid and do you think that they walk among us? I don't think they do prank videos because I think Troom Troom videos all come from a pocket dimension <laughs> where things are just like our world but slightly wrong. Uh, do you think that this person escaped from the Troom Troom dimension? No, I don't because they didn't have any unnaturally large snack foods made out of other snack foods. <laughs> <laughs> this is my convenient purse made out of a Ruffles bag and if, six bottles of Coke. If they came up to you and were like, here are 10 great funny pranks to sneak food into class, then you would know. <laughs> If they came up to you wearing a camera on a cereal box they had taped to their chest and covered with pom-poms, then you would know. I also think it's entirely possible this person was doing, like, guerrilla marketing for bus passes and they just don't know how to be a good actor, so they just <laughs> were like... you know you can buy a bus pass that lasts all day? Yeah, literally. Like, they were just, they were supposed to stand there and make casual conversation about how easy it is to buy, like, these new bus passes, and instead they just went up to one person and said, did you know you can buy a bus pass that lasts all day, and then left... <laughs> and honestly, as someone who works at a job where I am encouraged to do like kind of very, what can be like very stiff messaging, like I'm supposed to plug mm -hmm. like new events. I work at a museum, I won't say which one, but I'm supposed to like plug new events and stuff to people. It, it can kind of feel like that. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, like, I don't want this to come across the wrong way. I know that there are plenty of like, there is an enormous and expansive variety of human experiences out there in the world. And um, a lot of times, you know, depending on what your upbringing has been, you might reach age 30 or 40 and meet a kind of person you've never met before in your life. And like, that's a totally realistic thing. And there are people who have very different modes of social interaction and there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, totally. What gets me about this specifically is like the head turning and then the body. Like that freaks me out so bad. I see it as There's like something about that that's just such like a specific kind of uncanny valley like situation that's true because i don't think i've ever seen huh yeah i don't think i've ever seen someone do that and as i try to recreate it in my seat i feel like i'm like doing like the robot like i don't mean like yeah. being a robot i mean doing the dance move um but that's its own mm -hmm. <laughs> conversation anyway i i have a I, I have a spooky one i'd like to read yeah do it it's my turn okay <laughs> I, are you are you all right? <laughs> I started hearing Rose's turn from the musical. You know the one in my head. So it was just like, Mama's cutting loose. Mama's cutting loose. Um, okay. That's actually from a different song. It's not even Rose's turn. I can't remember the way that song goes because my brain has like merged it irrevocably with uh with Rain on My Parade. <laughs> 
which is from a different musical sung by a different iconic woman of Broadway. So my brain is, what I'm saying is my brain is possibly irreparably broken, but it's okay. All that work and what did it get me? There it is. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> Am I allowed to hear the story now? Yes, you are. Okay, this thank is you. from Zaria. We have permission. Uh, uh, we have permission to use the name, and we have her pronouns. Yeah, thank you, everyone who includes your pronouns when you send us your messages. It makes it so much easier. Um, and so these stories are in the realm of shadow people slash ghosts. Let's go. It's kind of a compilation of a couple very little short nuggets, but I like them all very much, so I want to do them all. It's not a long email. Okay. I have a younger sister who's 11 years younger than me. She's seven now, and I don't think she remembers this at all. Around when she was two to three, she used to talk to the man on the ceiling at night when she was supposed to be sleeping. She never seemed to be scared. I think she was too young to understand that that is a very scary thing. Although I would like to make a sidebar here and say, like, too, that it maybe he was just perhaps some sort of friendly spirit that happened to dwell on the ceiling, and that's why she was not afeared. But also, little kids have very weird concepts of danger. It's true. It's very true. As, like, I have babysat many a two- or three-year-old that, like, I've had to pull a fork out of their hand that they are perhaps preparing to put in a socket, for example. Like, there is that. Not, like, literally. I've never let it get that far, but you know what I mean. Kids have mm-hmm. a very weird concept of what is dangerous. Occasionally, she talked about him during the day, or if you asked her about it. I think this freaked my mom out more than she let on. My mom cleansed the room with sage or something, and my sister never saw it again. Fast forward a couple of months. I would have been around 14, I think. I started seeing a black silhouette of a man sitting on my stepsister's bed. She has a bed there, but mostly stayed at her mom's house. It never did anything, just sat there at the corner of my eye. If I looked directly at him, he would disappear. I told my mom about it, and my parents grounded me from watching Supernatural, which didn't stop me, lol. (laughs) And didn't do anything else. I started salting the windows and the door and stopped seeing him, but I would hear footsteps leading up to my door and then walk away. After a while, I stopped replacing the salt, and I never saw him again. He came up at some point in conversation with my family, and I realized I had stopped seeing him. My mom told me that she had cleansed the whole house around the time I stopped seeing him. That was my closest encounter with him, or with anything. Want to give a quick shout out to the mom in this story. Yeah, seriously. For being on top of it. Seriously being on top of it. So here's a couple more short stories. For some background, I was vaguely practicing witchcraft in high school. Also, like, same. Uh, That was my Addison sidebar. I still kind of do, but not very much. Also, same. Um, We had a group of three friends, and we were all doing it. One has been one of my best friends for at least a decade now, friend A. The other one I no longer talk to, friend B. These letters become important distinctions for later on in the story for shorthand, just FYI, everybody. That's not what they wrote in the email. That's me paraphrasing. Okay. One October... Three years ago, we were all seeing 10 to 12 shadow people a day all over the place. Oh my god. I saw them all pulling out of my driveway at work, saw them at our driveway, at work, at school, standing on the sidewalk, and at home. Some were more aggressive and watched us from bathrooms or the corner of the room. They had a much scarier vibe to them. Friend A was also seeing big rat-like shadows, too. She mostly saw them while driving, which is, by the way, my worst nightmare. I'm so scared of things running into the road when I'm driving... If I saw something nebulous like that running around while I was in the car, I I would freak out. Anyway, 
It got worse the closer we got to Halloween, which was a holiday that started with the celebration of the opening of the veil. Yeah, they all disappeared on November 1st. I don't talk to friend B at all anymore and haven't for a long time. There's been two Octobers since the one in question, and it's never happened to me or friend A again. It makes me wonder what friend B was playing with to have that effect on him and the two of us. Last story involves friend A and B. We were at a small party at A's house with several other friends. We have used a Ouija board at her house a bunch of times. She has a teenage ghost named Eli that we usually talk to. Again, one of my favorite things are just casual ghosts. At the party, B was freaking out about something dark and horrible being there. We found out later that Eli was trying to scare him away because he didn't like him. We had some really sad conversations that night about B. Like we asked Eli if he could tell why B was so aggressive and volatile and Eli spelled M-O-M. Oof. Yeah, really changed the vibe of the experience. Thank you guys for reading and I hope you have a great day. Uh, listening to the Boogeyman episode right now. Oh, and I'm going to be starting a Monster of the Week campaign with A and a couple other friends soon. Nice. I hope that's going well. I hope you're having so much fun. Um, I love Monster of the Week. I hope that you are not putting 12 to 14 shadow people per episode. And I hope that you are encountering Monsters of the Week only in your game. Uh, unless they're like the fun kind that like just want to hang. Eli sounded like for the most part, he just kind of wanted to hang. Yeah. Is Eli playing with you? I want to know. Uh, I want to know oh. if Eli the Teenage Ghost is playing in your Monster of the Week campaign. You like that? Would be everything to me. You like add on like dice roll, uh, like a dice roll addition to your Ouija board so that he can like, anyway. (laughs) Wait, I'm really emotional now about like adaptive play experiences for ghosts. (laughs) Oh, it's very nice. Oh man. Ghosts are gamers too, Alex. (laughs) Do we have any ghosts or gamers in the crowd? (laughs) Um, I'm not like other ghosts. I'm a gamer ghost. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, Do you have another one for me? I do. This one is interesting and kind of wild. It is spooky. Um, It's a little bit sad, but it's it's really cool. That tends to happen with ghosty type stories as well. So that's, yeah, fair. Mm -hmm. And I'll slap some warnings on this guy. You know, I always do. Okay. Yeah, this comes to us from, um, I believe it's Loen. So thank you, Loen. Hey, Cryptid Keeper. I've been thinking about whether or not to send this story in ever since I listened to the episode on fairies. It's just, well, you mentioned changelings on the episode, but you never mentioned the fact that in many legends, the changeling babies usually die. I'm sure not all of them do, if only because I want to believe that there are changelings who grew up and are now living among us, but I know that at least some changelings die. My mother technically had two older sisters. And let me just tell you, that is always a terrifying sentence to read. Yeah, that's that's a rough implication that, is, that comes with that. That is always going somewhere sad, but just backtracking. <laughs> my mother technically had two older sisters. The firstborn was named Patricia Ann, a red-haired baby girl that my grandmother, Patricia's mother, absolutely adored. They bought a new house around the time Patricia came around, one near the forest, in a small town smack dab between the mountains. My grandmother told me about how, after Patricia's birth, she felt uneasy a lot, but it wasn't until about two months that something came of it. My grandmother had a dream one night. She was watching, an observer of the scene, as a tall, light-haired figure stood over Patricia's crib. He, or it, seemed just left of human. Not quite right, and she watched in horror as he picked up baby Patricia before turning to look into my grandmother's eyes and grin a split-faced smile with two sharp teeth. My grandmother jolted awake and ran to Patricia's bedroom, but no one was there. Despite the loud intrusion, Patricia wasn't even crying. She refused to leave the room, however, insisting to my grandfather that something was wrong, that something had to be wrong, and eventually he left her to sleep on the daybed in the baby's room. When my grandmother woke up, 
her daughter was dead. She was careful with my mother and aunt, but she never had another experience like that. When my sister was born, she was born premature, sick, and my grandmother insisted that somebody be with the baby at all times. But when my sister got better, she laid off, wasn't so frightened. It was different with me. She said she had the same dream she'd had with Patty soon after I was born, except in this dream, she woke up before the strange person had grabbed me and burst into my parents' bedroom, to their annoyance, to make sure I was okay. She was always worried about that stuff. Because of that, my parents never told her when I started talking to the woods behind our house or talking about the people I would see in our backyard. They knew she would freak out. And when I finally mentioned to grandma the lady who I heard singing during the night, she did. She told my parents to move, and they didn't listen, of course, but she was frantic. She got anxious about my love for fairy tales, even when I started reading Harry Potter. I was generally just annoyed by her warnings. It was soon before she died that I started believing her. Incidentally, Loan, this is, like, super well-written. Like, this could just be submitted somewhere as a short story, and I would think nothing of it. Yes. (sighs) There were a lot of experiences I could recount, but the one that stands out happened at my grandparents' house. I was spending the night when I was woken up by a light from outside. I glanced out the window, and there was a person standing in the backyard who waved to me. I felt like I was almost in a trance, and that feeling of helplessness as I walked down the stairs and into the backyard, like I was separate from my own body, sticks with me. Looking back, I think it was the first time I experienced dissociating. I didn't get too close to the figure, but I remember the basics. They had long, light hair and two sharp teeth. Oh. I didn't get any closer because my grandmother grabbed me by the wrist and dragged me back inside. I turned away from the figure for a second, but when I looked back, it was gone. There's still a ring of grass darker than the rest in the backyard where I saw it standing. My grandmother sat me down at the kitchen table right there about 2 a.m. in the morning and told me the story of my Aunt Patricia Ann. She didn't know if it was demons or fairies, but she knew it was bad. I remember that she started shaking, looking like she was on the verge of tears when she said they were after me. My family has a history of mental illness, and I'll admit to that, but she was terrified of those things. It's a part of my past that I never really share. I haven't even spoken of that experience to any of my family members. I'm not even sure if my grandmother ever told my mother and aunt about the dreams she had before Patricia died. But I know. I think about it a lot. Oh my god. That's like legitimately chilling and the story structure is so good. Like, I'm sorry, this is not me saying I disbelieve you. This is like a really cool story and I'm very, very into it. And of course, it is our policy to treat everything we receive as a listener story as absolute truth. So I'm not denying that. I'm just saying that like the narrative on this is exquisite. The structure is, it's wonderfully structured. You did a very good job. That circle of dark grass, uh, that is a fairy ring. That is a fairy ring. That is a fairy ring. 100%. Yes. (laughs) That is a fairy ring. Uh, Yeah. I don't have more articulate things to say about that. That is, wow, wow. Thank you for sending that in. Yeah, right? <laughs> Oof. Uh, we can maybe do one or two more. Yeah. We have um, we have a lot of shadow people stories. We do, we do. <laughs> like I... a lot. Shadow people seem to be consistently like the most reported, um, at least in our inbox, the most reported yes. cryptid encounter. Yeah, definitely shadow people are very high up on that list. I have a short little one. Where is it? Where did I put it? Here we go. Um... I have a short little one from uh, Jason. Jason the Barbarian? Yes, Jason the Love Barbarian. Um, I won't read the part where Jason says nice things about us, but <laughs> thank you, Jason, because I always feel like weird when I do that. Okay. Just assume everyone says really nice things about us. Oh my us. god. Okay. This one's very short, but I think but it's a little bit different, so it's it's interesting. I don't want to say fun because like a bad thing still happens, but you get it. Okay, we'll go. Okay. 
I live in Potosi, Missouri, one of the most haunted towns in Missouri. At the time, it was my girlfriend Amanda, my buddy Luke, and me. We sat up camp in a small wooded spot near town with a creek running through it, which Luke didn't tell us at the time. According to him, he picked because during the satanic panic, it was said to be a ritual spot. Luke, come on. Luke. Come on, Luke. You're not going to warn your friends you're taking them demon camping? Luke, come on. Anyway, a few moments passed. Okay, sorry, I skipped a line. Anyway, Luke slept in his tent. Amanda and I slept under the stars. I'm not sure what time it was, but Amanda told me she was going off to go pee. I made sure she took a light and my gun. A few moments passed and I felt her crawl back into the sleeping bag. But when I rolled over to cuddle, I found she was not there. I freaked out and jumped out of the bag. Amanda, who was just making her way back to the camp, saw me panicked and asked if everything was okay. I told her what happened, and she asked if there was an animal of some sort in the bag. I unzipped it to see, only to find nothing. At this point, Luke came out to see what the fuss was about. That's when the campfire showed he had three long scratches down his chest. Amanda insisted we leave. On the car ride back, Luke told us about the place being used for satanic worship. We never went back. Yikes. Mm Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, that's a lot. Also, Luke... Get your act together, buddy. You gotta tell your friends before you take them camping at a ritual spot. Yeah. There's a creature in this horror movie I watched recently Mm -hmm. that, like, goes after... Oh, it's not real. It was made up for this movie. Um, It's a fun movie. It's not very, like, technically, like, or structurally very tight, but Mm -hmm. it is a very fun, scary, like, spooky movie. There's this movie called Headcount. Uh, that's about a bunch of uh, college students camping in the desert, and they're, like, stalked by this kind of trickster creature. I won't go beyond that, but, like, one of the ways that it kind of, like, wreaks its havoc is, like, someone will be, like, will have left the scene, mm-hmm. and that person will, like, show back up, but then, like, they'll, like, say something to the person, and then the actual person will be a call from the other room, like, hey, what? Like, it's one of the, and that's the sleeping bag moment made me think of that. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm, Yeah. Or there will be, like, one extra person in the group and they don't notice until that person's gone. Uh, things like that. Sorry, spoilers a little bit for Headcount if you decide to watch it. It's on Netflix. I had fun. Um, but, yeah, that it's is the, very It's spooky. the month for that. You know, it's the month um, for that, We've yeah. sort of, actually, we've been looking for, like, creepy content we haven't yet consumed and trying to resist the urge to just watch Over the Garden Wall a million times Oh, instead. I've been watching Over the so, Garden Wall. And that's very good. Um, we were going to the other night and then we ended up watching John Carpenter's The Thing. <laughs> The thing is, is so good. Quite a stylistic departure. It is. No, I really enjoyed it. It was actually my first time seeing so it, and it is um, it is exquisite. It's so it's interesting because it was critically panned when it came out. It was like pretty universally hated, but it was a remake of an earlier movie, which I didn't realize, mm-hmm. which was in turn an adaptation of a short story. And the 1986 movie is like a much more faithful adaptation of the story. Yes. Unsurprisingly, because if you tried to make that movie in the 40s when the original came out. Um, you would not have had a good time. It would have been difficult. I would also, really quick, I'm so sorry, like, just to plug some, like, scary movies I've been enjoying this season before we, like, Yeah, tell us up. about it. I have been really jamming on the Hell House LLC. Incidentally, oh. if you're one of our Patreon donors at a $20 level, you can get access to all of Addison's personal recommendations for spooky media pretty much all the time, but you're oh, yeah, getting that's a little true. peek behind the curtain right now. Uh, it's true. Just because it's Halloween time, I, I've been watching a lot of scary movies, and I've been very into the Hell House LLC franchise. There are three of them. The 
the first one is the best one. The second two get progressively sillier, but they are still <laughs> nice. fun. Love that. They are the second two. I think are only on Shutter. The first one is on Amazon Prime and a couple other streaming platforms. And it's mm-hmm. a found footage movie about a found footage series about this haunted hotel. Uh, particularly the first one is the one I recommend the most. And it's basically about, it's a great setup for a found footage horror movie because it makes sense for people to ignore the fact that the place is very creepy because the premise is that a company that puts on like homegrown extreme haunted houses is going to put one on in this abandoned hotel outside of upstate New York. Okay, interesting. Everything about it that makes it a red flag to like a regular horror movie protagonist, they're like, oh my God, this is great. Like, this is going to be so atmospheric. This is going to be so creepy. Like... And when weird things happen, the the house is already rigged up for scary things to happen. So it becomes very difficult to distinguish which things are part of the haunted house and which things mm-hmm. are real ghost things. It's 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 like very fun, spooky, scary. Like like it's like a good like I love like a haunted movie that does it really well, and it mm-hmm. genuinely did like get me a couple times. So Hell House LLC really fun. I like Ted Count. It's not a very polished movie. You can tell it was made on kind of a shoestring budget, but it's very earnest and it's like a fun concept for a monster movie. I loved, uh, I just watched, speaking of remakes, you reminded me, I just, I just watched a, uh, um, I just watched a Cronenberg remake or a remake of a Cronenberg Ooh, film. Okay. Uh, I watched the remake of Rabid, which is one of his lesser discussed films. Yeah, I don't and know it. Rabbit is about a woman who is in an accident and agrees to undergo, like, experimental, like, uh, therapy to repair her injuries. Um, and she is in, like, the the treatment process. Like, without going into the spoilers too much, she mm-hmm. becomes, like, the carrier for this, like, zombie virus. Uh, Interesting. But, like, it's not just, like, a traditional zombie movie. It's, ju- it's, 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 it's Cronenberg, the original. So, like, it gets wild and the body horror is off the charts but uh it was remade it's coming out wide release i think in november it was remade by the salska sisters who made american mary and i got to see an early screening of it uh the first i got to see the first u.s screening of it a couple weeks ago and i really liked it cool uh if you're a cronenberg fan i really like it i also appreciate that they took the original movie which was a cool concept and then they built an actual like life for the female protagonist and (laughs) gave her a last name they gave her a job and a last name and ambitions um you know (laughs) just hashtag Um, little girly things (laughs) yeah just hashtag girly things um uh there's all kinds of good spooky stuff out there this time here i'm sure you can find other recommendations but those are like the things i've been the most into right now i just wanted to drop those in there right now yeah super cool um i want to take one quick second just to say uh we did not get through all of the listener stories that we still have in our inbox so no no no, it's totally fine i was just gonna say to everybody um if you have not heard your listener story on an episode yet, you probably will hear it at some point in the future. Yes, we are going to keep doing listener story episodes. Um, even though we've gone bi-weekly for a bit, we're still going to eventually have some episodes like this where we just sort of, you know, sit back and shoot the breeze and, and talk about listener stories because we never have any shortage of them. It's really cool. So as long as we keep getting them, we'll keep doing listener story episodes. I know that people who send us emails sometimes say like, I don't know if you're going to do another one, but yes, the answer is yes, we will always do another one. So yes, we absolutely um, will do more. Feel free to send them in. If you send them to our inbox that is the best place they tend to get lost on twitter so just email them to us at cryptkeeppod at gmail.com and we will eventually get to them they all go into a separate folder so even if we don't respond right away we will read them out loud thank you so much Mm -hmm. for all the really nice things that you say to us in those emails even though they don't always get read we do see them and they absolutely make our day every single time it's it's really 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 kind and sweet I wanted to give a really quick shout out to one in particular, actually. Um, No, please. There was a really, really lovely little story. Uh, Our listener, 
Zia submitted a um, small story about a ghost dog, but also sent us um, something that Zia themselves wrote on Wattpad, which is like a really fun little cryptid high school story. And like it lists on there that it's like inspired by our show and everything, which is like really, really kind. So thank you so much, Zia. I really enjoyed that you sent that to us. And um, I hope that you had a lot of fun writing it. And I hope that, uh, you know, if you want it promoted, I I don't mean to like send people your way if you're not looking for comments on Wattpad. So I'm not going to like shout you out totally. I'm not going to blow up your spot. Um, But thank you so much for sharing that with us. It was really, really nice. If you are like making stuff inspired by our show, we love seeing it. I know we've gotten a lot of really cool like Inktober drawings or a lot of really neat like fan art or or stories or like even memes that people send our way. We don't always respond, but we do always see it and it does always like totally brighten up our lives. So thank you so much for that. It's really wonderful. I wish I like could do this full time and get back to everybody, but I literally just cannot. Yes. I really wish like uh, if this, sorry, I just bumped my computer really hard because I was mm-hmm. gesticulating too wildly. If podcast could be my day job, that would be marvelous. But like, we're not really at that point right now. Um, uh, yeah, no, we're super not. Um, one last thing I just wanted to say, um, I, well, okay, this is like, I, my brain's going in a few different directions. Oh, yes. So first things first, um, we are all caught up on merch orders. So if you want to go and like order something from our Etsy, you should go do that. It's like perfect for Halloween or the holidays or whatever. Like I'm getting those out fairly quickly now because I actually live close to a post office. So Not turnaround that. time is a lot better. Um, on that note, I'm in the process of getting a PO box, but like right now, the only return address I can put on those things is like my address. So um, I... I want to say I'm very, very thankful. I recently got a really, really sweet letter from somebody, um, and that was very, very nice. But in general, just if you're going to use my address, please ask me first. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, either slide into my DMs or shoot us an email or just, like, tweet at me and something. Like, just ask for permission before you use it because, uh, you know, it is personal information. And while I am pretty cool about, like, sharing it in terms of, like, getting shipping out and everything, like, I'm kind of trusting that people won't use it personally or share it anywhere else. So um, just, I I don't mind receiving things. I've had a lot of really wonderful, like just trinkets or things that people have sent me, but um, just ask me first, just send me a quick note and just say like, hey, do you mind if I mail you something? And I will always say yes, because I love getting mail, Mm -hmm. but uh, having that line of communication definitely helps. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, as always, just, uh, it's just like with all, pretty much all things, honestly, it's, it's just best to, it's just best to ask first. Yeah. I know it's like, it's difficult because again, I am sending things like personally instead of drop shipping or anything. So I can understand why it would be like, oh, well, like that's the address to use. And it is, but again, just please get my permission before you do that. Um, cause then I don't feel weird about writing you back, which I would love to do. Yes. Uh, anyway, I want to take a quick minute just to plug our Patreon cause we haven't really done that thoroughly in a hot minute. Um, correct, correct. There have been like some sort of droughts in the past, and I know that, but we're actually putting up a lot of content right now, so this is a great time to get in on it. Um, we it have, is. of course, we have the entire available backlog of Horror Borealis, and those episodes have sort of come off of hiatus, so we've been recording and uploading new ones pretty frequently. Um, I have to say that the ones we've just put up in the past couple of weeks have been like, I think, really, really exquisite material. They've been probably my favorite episodes of the show so far. And if you don't want to wait another six weeks to hear them on the public feed, you can get them immediately by pledging a dollar, which is like not that much. Pledge for a month, download them all, cancel your pledge. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) This is the secret. I just want people hearing the cool stuff we make. Um, We also have had more bonus episodes of some of our like niche side side projects, like uh, Spoiler Party. We'd put up a really interesting episode spoiler party last month 
Um, I've been cooking some Halloween content over on my one-woman show. And I know that we already have been discussing um, our next Hallmarked episode, so if you're looking forward to uh, that. We may need to do more than one because... uh, Um, Because Santa Girl is going to be on Netflix? Yes, exactly. Yes. (laughs) Don't tell the people the surprise. (laughs) I'm sorry. If you didn't know that Santa Girl was filmed at our alma mater, I don't know what to tell you. Um, Don't tell the people about Santa Girl. Santa Girl is going to be all I talk about for the next six months it's i i'm also pissed because i bought a copy on youtube you bought say okay anyway i'm sorry i'm so sorry i would you... have it forever to show people it was like seven dollars so i would have it forever <laughs> to show people as proof that it was made because i didn't think it would go to netflix <laughs> so when i saw that i was like good for them but also how dare you i told you the story about i think i told the story on this podcast about how my brother accidentally unionized the city of santa girl for the musicians you did did i tell that um, Santa Girl is a really interesting piece of lore, and I am really looking forward to yeah. diving into it because I have not I am seen too. it yet. Santa Girl is also uh, the project on which I had um, I, I did my first ever background work. Oh, and very nice. I, m- more notably, watched Ned from Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide play Mario Kart with people in the green room, and he was very nice. <laughs> Anyway, that's our Patreon, um, and of course you can find it by going to patreon.com slash thecryptidkeeper. Like I said, there are multiple tiers. You can get any level of, you know, investment or involvement that you want. And of course, if you are not able to give financially, then we totally understand. Just um, we really, really are appreciative of any support that the show gets, whether that's merch purchases or talking about us on Twitter and Facebook and wherever it is that people talk nowadays. Mastodon. But uh... that is the Patreon. By all means, get at it. Um, we would love to do more live shows in the future, but that's not going to happen unless we can get to a higher tier. Um, as helpful as the thousand was, we've you know grown the show since then. We've hired more people. We have transcriptionists now. We're looking at expanding into doing um, consistent transcripts for horror borealis as well, and doing other things that just you know take up a little bit more of our resources and uh, trying to make sure that we are paying other people first and foremost. Again, we don't draw a salary from making this show, so if there's, uh, you know, anything that goes into the coffers is going toward trying to make cool new things happen. So if you want to see more cool new things happen, that's, that's the, way the way to make, make it, it do it. it. That's the way to make it do it. I don't know what my brain's doing. I've been awake too much. I would just like to also, because it is, this episode will go up before my favorite holiday, I would like to wish you a very happy Halloween, everybody, from your friends here at the Crypto Keeper. If you are celebrating Samhain, uh, or as you maybe pronounce it Samhain um but but or so they don't know Samhain if you celebrate I hope you have a really wonderful one and I hope that it is enjoy the parting of the veil yes I hope that it is joyous and I hope that uh just no matter what you're doing whether you're celebrating with like goosebumps and candy apples or you're celebrating Eli the teen ghost yeah or Eli the teen ghost or you're celebrating from a more spiritual perspective or you're celebrating just any and all of the above I hope you have a really wonderful one uh I will definitely be eating some tiny candies probably candy corns I'm sorry I'm I'm confessing to my love of candy corns right now live on the air uh in your honor and uh so as always, I'm going to dress like a non-binary sky pirate with a giant sword and give candy to children. Go listen to Skyjacks. Yeah, I'm, I'll announce it on this on this podcast first. I've switched over one of my Halloween costumes because I forgot to buy fairy wings for my fairy queen costume. And instead, I'm going to buy a Victorian nightgown or Victorian looking nightgown and be a woman in white. Keep eyes out for pictures of that. That's very nice. I love that. And um, also because I haven't done a spooky costume since I was like a full blown child. Uh, I'm usually a funny costume gal. I understand. 
but weird because I am a certified spooky gal as my one sweatshirt that I have says. So anyway, <laughs> as always, we hope we can keep you around. Stay safe out there and stay spooky out there. Pretty, witty, and gay.